When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We got an hour to talk Lakers basketball tonight. Um, always uh, enjoy doing Lakers talk. We haven't done one here. What was it? Over a week ago. And I think I had mentioned in the last Lakers talk that by the time we get to this week, we'd be halfway through the season. So you hear Mario Ruiz right there with his fantastic open as always. Uh, 41 games in, 41 games to go. Some good games going on right now in the NBA, um, so we'll keep an eye on those. Grizzlies taking on the Warriors. You heard John on that call after Lakers played them on Sunday. That's nine in a row for them. I know the Suns and the Raptors just finished, so the Suns are 31-9. and nine. Um, So we got a lot to get into. As far as the Lakers go, I'm going to spend some time talking about the good so far this year, the bad so far this year, what to expect in the second half, what needs to happen in the second half. Um, and then also, I'll throw this question out to Laker fans. I think it's a it's a very, very simple question. Do you still have faith the Lakers can turn this thing around? Um, do you still have faith that they can be a team that is um, amongst the few teams left as part of a conversation to try to win championship number 18? Tell you what, you're going to have to have a lot of faith because even if uh, you, you do have that faith um, – I think there's a lot that obviously has to go right for the Lakers. And I think uh, in a season like this, uh, there's some really good squads that are representing the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference this year. So let's just say the Lakers have a long way to go. They have some excuses. Of course, no Anthony Davis right now. Um, But the second half of the season, things will have to look a lot different. So if you want to be a part of the show tonight, 877 710 ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. I'll take your calls as we go through the show. Uh, Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation is going to join the show as well at uh, 730. Always appreciate his time when he comes on the show. Um, so if I had to if I had to describe the first half of the season, uh, you know, look, let's just let's be frank with each other. 21 and 20, nobody thought. I mean, um, I remember doing these shows in the summer when the Lakers acquired Russell Westbrook and, um, you know, you obviously kind of the, the, the dust starts settling and it's like, okay, all right, Carmelo's on the team too. Okay, nice. A nice piece, Trevor. Reese. Wow, they got Malik Monk for um, for the uh, the minimum. Mid-level exception goes to Kendrick Nunn. Um, and you kind of go down the list. It wasn't that it was just all Hall of Famers, Dwight Howard's coming back. It wasn't that. It was the fact that you felt like you had a, the right balance of stars, uh, players that understand their roles, super, superstars in LeBron James, Anthony Davis with a chip on his shoulder, and then uh, role players, like I mentioned, that uh, will understand what they need to do. And if you'd have told me coming in, that we'd get to the halfway point, and I'm having I'm doing Lakers talk on a Tuesday because we had the national football, uh, we had the college football championship yesterday. That I'm doing Lakers talk, and the Lakers are sitting at 21 and 20. I, I said, what, what do you mean they're 21 and 20? How is that even possible? What do you mean they're not top three in the Western Conference standings? 
Um, what do you mean we're still not having a conversation about them as one of the best teams in the NBA and competing for championship number 18? Uh, well, th- there's a there's kind of a lot that's gone that has happened through the first half of the season. And let me, let me just kind of throw some things out there. I think the good from the season so far, it's a short list. Um, <clears throat> LeBron James has been exceptional. I don't know how to describe LeBron James. I saw this tweet from Magic Johnson. Uh, Travis and I were talking about a little bit earlier in the show today. And the tweet was talking about how LeBron, you know, obviously consideration for MVP. He's still the best player in the world. There's no question about it. I mean, there, there literally is no question that Braun is not still the best player in the world. Okay, you want to say that, all right, he's not the best. Uh, somebody wants to put KD there. Somebody wants to put Steph. You put him wherever you want. It's impossible not to have a conversation that Braun is not still the best player in the world. So that's one of the good things that has happened so far this year. LeBron's been on a tear, and it's a pleasure to watch him night in and night out. Um, again, let me just try to find a couple good things before I go through the list of some of the areas of concern for the Lakers. Um, I think some of these players, let, let me use as an example, Malik Monk, he looks like he could be a really good fit with the Lakers. Carmelo Anthony, to me, has been a little bit of a surprise. I thought he was going to come in this year and, you know, if he's given the Lakers 12 points a game and 15 to 20 minutes a game, solid. That's all. What What more can you ask for from a 38-year-old and I also didn't think there was going to have to be that much on his shoulders. He was going to have to worry about um, being such a focal point on offense or a critical piece off the bench like he's been so far this year. Those are a few of the good things. I don't really have that many after that. And it's not to say that there aren't other positive things that probably happened this season, but it's you have expectations coming into a year and when your team doesn't meet those expectations, it's tough to try to look and find, hey, what's going on good with this team? What are uh, what are the positives that are happening with this team? And when, when I start looking at, okay, what's gone wrong in the first half, um, it's a pretty, pretty lengthy list. Anthony Davis has been out, and we don't genuinely know when he's going to return. I think the four-week mark that the Lakers, you know, gave their assessment on Anthony Davis, the four-week mark was, so it was December, January 18th would technically be the four-week mark. So that's coming up a week from today. Um, I got a chance on Sunday doing the game, uh, doing the pregame show with Michael. Michael and I are doing the pre. Anthony Davis was shooting around on the other side. Pretty cool to see. Pretty fantastic to see. He actually came out of normal. What, AD's out there? just shooting around now nobody's saying that ad was out there um you know running sprints or anything along those lines so we're obviously not sure when ad will come back but that's been one of the things that's obviously remarkably hurt the lakers this year is ad hasn't been there oh by the way when ad was there he wasn't really ad he wasn't the anthony davis that we all just uh have grown accustomed to seeing on a night in night out basis he wasn't that player that the lakers desperately need him to be when he comes back. I'll leave that one to the side for a quick second. Okay, some other stuff. Highlights of the first half. I think the question marks about Russ's fit are not only valid, I don't know if it changes. Um, I, I I remember having this argument, not even an argument, but having a, a, a conversation. This was my vision when Russell Westbrook became a Los Angeles Laker. Granted, 
the second half of the season is hopefully going to show that when the squad's healthy and AD's there as well, that they figure some stuff out. My vision was when Russell Westbrook came to the Lakers, okay, look, I know this guy's not a knockdown three-point shooter. Um, I also know that uh, he likes to have the ball in his hands. Um, But my thought was that's the third best player on your team. The third best player on your team is Russ. Uh, he's not going to be asked to score nearly as much. Facilitating, yeah, go ahead and do it. LeBron's going to pass eight to ten times a game as well, so he's going to make that happen as well. Rebounding, awesome. Go crash the boards. But Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to each grab, between the two of them, 17, 18 rebounds a game, something along those lines. I thought one of the biggest advantages that the Lakers had to bringing Russ in is Russ is truly, truly the third best player on the team, something that he's never been in his career. So there should be that... Um, opportunity to, well, I don't have really any pressure on my back. I just got to go out there, be smart with the ball, do the little things that I need to do. And with his skill set, he was going to excel in his role. That hasn't been the case so far this year. I know you could look at stats and say, well, the dude's putting up this numbers, that numbers, this. Are the Lakers winning or are they not winning? And more times than not, um, they're a a very average team on a night-in, night-out basis. Let's keep going down the list. I don't think THT... Uh, certainly has not been consistent. I think um, I, this one doesn't surprise me as much, to be honest with you. I think the Taylor Horn uh, Tucker piece to me, I, I remember in the offseason talking about, guy's only 21, 20 years old at the time. He's now 21. So we're going to expect him to come in, and all of a sudden he's just going to give 15, 17 a night or something along those lines. Um, it's not that he's not capable of doing that. I just I don't think it's it's uh I don't think it's something that you can rely on on a night in night out basis from somebody who's that young and who's that inexperienced. That's my personal opinion. Now if THD comes back in the second half of the season and that changes, fantastic. But I think those are a few of the things that stand out to me in the first half of the season and the most important one ultimately at the end of the day um where are the Lakers in the standings? In the first half of the season, the way the Lakers ended their first half, they finished 21 and 20. 21 and 20 has you seventh place in the Western Conference. 21 and 20 has you seven games, has you six and a half games behind the Grizzlies for number four. It has you ten and a half games from first place between the Suns and the Warriors, and seven games behind the Utah Jazz for number three. So I think that tells the entire story of the first half of the season for the Lakers. It has been disappointing. No question about it, they've had players missing in health and safety protocols and all that stuff, um, and Anthony Davis being injured. But I think with all that being said, we'd be you know, kidding ourselves if those are the only reasons why the Lakers are sitting at 21-20. and 20. No, they have not played consistent basketball. They haven't played good basketball uh, where you can look back and say, remember that marquee win the Lakers had against the Warriors? No, I don't. Remember that marquee win they had against the Suns? No, I actually I, I don't remember that. Remember that tough road win that they had when they went to Milwaukee? They don't have one of those games or two of those games or four or five of those games like some teams in the NBA, the elite teams might have. So um, I think that is a perfect way to summarize <clears throat> the Lakers so far through the halfway point. Now, what needs to happen in the second half of the season? A lot needs to happen. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned the Anthony Davis piece of this. He really is, you know, Laker fans, if, if you want to kind of depend 
on one player, that's the player that the Lakers are going to depend on. If if AD doesn't come back and is not that dominant, dominant player um, that he either was in that Orlando bubble or has shown flashes over the you know time, obviously, he's been with the Lakers, um, I, I don't know how they become an elite team in the league again. I don't. I think it's realistic that he can become that player, but he's got a lot to prove as well. I, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. He hasn't been this season. He has he's not been impactful. Uh, you 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 went through a lot of games where you didn't feel his presence. He got outplayed by other big men on a lot of nights, whether that was Carl Anthony Towns or Giannis Antetokounmpo. So um, that to me, I, I think, is arguably the most important piece of how the Lakers turn things around in the second half of the season. Uh, I got a couple other things that I want to list out as far as um, areas the Lakers will have to improve on in the second half of the season if they're able to make some noise. Just a quick shout-out here. Lakers Talk is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal, voted best resort in Funner, California. From dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. Are you game for a getaway? You could start planning your trip by visiting HarrisSoCal.com. So let's do this when we come back. I got a couple more things I want to put on there of what the Lakers got to do the second half of the season. I'll throw it out to Laker fans. Do you still have faith that this Lakers team can turn things around? You can call in at 877-710-ESPN. And just how far are the Lakers from the elite teams in the NBA? We'll get into that as well. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers talk till 8 p.m. tonight. Trevor Lane, Lakers uh, Nation, he's going to come join the show in about 15 minutes or so. Um, So conversation I was having, by the way, if you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. Conversation, we're kind of breaking down the halfway point for the Lakers. Some of the good, some of the bad. I know the list of bad is a lot longer than good. Um, as we look towards the second half of the season, that's going to start tomorrow, by the way, Lakers in Sacramento. Their next two games are on the road, Sacramento and Denver. Come back for two more games, and then a six-game road trip, uh, East Coast road trip. So eight of the next ten games for the Lakers are on the road. I'll get into that in just a second. Um, What needs to happen in the second half of the season? If Anthony Davis is not one of the most dominating players in the NBA and we're starting to have conversations again about him being a top five player, top seven player, somewhere along those lines, if somebody wants to explain to me how the Lakers, even with how great LeBron James has been, how they truly compete with the elite in the Western Conference, uh, forget the NBA right now, just let's focus on the West, even though... A lot of the elite is sitting in the West. Um, how, how do they compete if AD is not – if AD, Anthony Davis is the same AD he was for the 25 or 26 games, whatever he played so far this year, that's a problem. That's, you know, that's – it's not good enough. Um, I, it's funny because 
LeBron is one of those players that right now we're watching him play at an MVP level. And that's probably not going to – that can't change as the season progresses. Um, maybe it's just it's just realistic that he's just not going to play at this level. Uh, but LeBron has to play at that level to just keep the Lakers around 500. And if Anthony Davis comes back and is not a player that uh, – and, and listen, a lot – I, I I 100% believe there are definitely people out there that are have lost some faith in Anthony Davis. No question about it. Whether I take calls or I do other shows, whatever the case is, I know that there's there's a sentiment out there that um, there's not that much faith in Anthony Davis to go be AD of 15 months ago or 16 months ago. I'm not on that boat. I think Anthony Davis um, still can be that player. Now he's going to have to go prove it. It's nothing that I say that matters. Um but I, I just I use that as an example. Um, as great as LeBron has been, that's going to have to continue. AD is going to have to come back and be dominant, and then you're going to have to have all these role players that have to be consistent. And I I say that it's it's almost as everything is going to have to go right for the Lakers um, to have this second half of the season. Um, we'll we'll kind of start changing the tide turning the tide a little bit where people start saying, you know what, Lakers, maybe they are turning a corner. Maybe all of a sudden uh, they can compete with some of these other elite teams in the Western Conference. But at this point, at this stage, it's tough to, you know, see that right now. You almost got to kind of have this uh, blind faith towards it, and, you know, we'll see what happens as the season progresses. All right, let me um, let me uh, take a couple quick calls here. Let's go to... Let's go to uh, Roger. Roger, I appreciate you calling in, bud. You're on Lakers Talk. What's going on? Hey, yeah, so the way I look at it as being a Laker fan for 40 years and, and just everybody should probably already know as if LeBron and AD is on the court for at least the next 35 games of the second half, the Lakers can beat anybody in the, in the world. Without those two healthy and on the court together for lots of games, you know, then, then it's going to be shaky. Matter of fact, we won't win. Those two together, man, we, we can beat anybody. All right, Roger, quick question for you. The AD front, do you agree with me that this guy's also got to take his game to another level, that what he did so far when he was healthy in the season before, you know, he obviously got injured, do you agree that he can't also just come back and be a – it's almost like if he's top 15, that's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like this guy's got to be a top five, top seven player, or I have a difficult time trying to figure out the lane the Lakers are going to take to go beat a Warriors or a Suns or one of those other teams. Yeah, and, and time will tell because they, LeBron and uh, AD has not been on the court together consistently this year, so we don't know who the Lakers are, mm-hmm. especially with Russ. Carmelo and all those people. Anthony Davis looked lost out there with everybody else out there. He is like he stood around for most of the first half of the season. We got to have them healthy. They got to be on the court together consistently for us to have an idea. But you know, if they're together and healthy, we win. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Roger. Let me take a quick one. Uh, one more quick call here. Daniel Santa Monica. Okay. Daniel, what's going on? You're on Lakers talk. Yeah. How you doing, Slee? Uh, you know, real quick, just, you know, I think we got we got to a point where we got to start talking about solutions to this issue. It's broken, and, you know, we got like 17 guys that are like 6'3". You know, we don't have that, that those long 
um, you know, guys are coming into Staples Center, or sorry, the Crypt, and just punking us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like 21-year-old guys that are talented. Sure, John Moran's talented, but he's, you know, Cat and all these other guys coming to town, Anthony Edwards, they just punk the Lakers. I think it's time for us to make moves. What do you think about THT and Nunn for, what is it, Jeremy Grant or something? Someone to play some defense and have that presence on the wing to stop all this dribble drive penetration. And it just seems like it seems like it's broken out. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, thanks for calling in. Appreciate you calling in. All right, so let me actually let me address that because that conversation seems to be coming up a lot, the Jeremy Grant piece. Uh uh, by the way, Lakers Talk is uh, brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Uh, make sure, we say it all the time, uh, visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We appreciate their partnership. Um, I, I don't think the question is, should the Lakers go out and make a move? I don't think the question is, should the Lakers go out and try to get a guy like Jeremy Grant? Um, I really think the question comes down to: Do the Lakers have the? At- Does the front office? Do they have the assets to go make a move? I don't think the question is if. I think the question more comes down to: um, Do they have the ability to go do it? Because I'll make this clear: Jeremy Grant is a really, really good basketball player. He is, and I'm not talking about his days in Denver or his days in Detroit. I'm talking about his days in Denver. You know, Laker fans know this. We we watched him up close, and he's playing for the Nuggets, and that's a really young team. Um, he's a really, really nice player. And the call that I just got, um, I think it was David in Santa Monica. Um, the, the fact that the Lakers don't have wing players, guys that are bigger than six three. That's why Stanley Johnson's on this Lakers team is because he is one of those players that fits that criteria that David was talking about. He is one of those players that's okay with playing defense and trying to lock down guys. Jeremy Grant's a fantastic move. If you, if the question to me is, hey, Al, would you trade Talon Horn Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, a pick down the road, or one of those veteran minimum contracts to go get Jeremy Grant, which, by the way, money-wise, financially, it works. You can go do it. I, I don't even hesitate. I don't hesitate. Why don't I hesitate? It's not that I got anything against Talon Horn Tucker. We haven't even seen Kendrick Nunn play, and it's not that I don't value picks. Is When you're a team that's all in today, today, you're all in right now, you don't you don't stop or hesitate because Talon Horn Tucker is 21 years old and he's got potential four or five years down the road. No, you don't hesitate. The problem is Jeremy Grant's a really, really good player that I'm sure the Knicks are interested in and the Toronto Raptors might be interested in and there might be another team over here that's interested in and they might just have better assets than the Lakers. So I I think the trade conversation is always interesting. I really do. And do I think the Lakers need to make a move? Yeah, I, I think you know shaking it up or going to try to find a player that you think is a better fit that's going to help you more immediately right now. Uh, Russ's contract's not getting traded, so I think that's a fair one to say. Anthony Davis is not going anywhere. Of course, LeBron is untouchable. So then you got to look at some of your other pieces that you have. There aren't that many other pieces. And it's not like THT had a season this year where everyone, everyone around the league is saying, we got to get our hands on Talon Horn Tucker. No, he hasn't had one of those seasons. So 
I, you know, when I when I bring that up, I, I just I want to I want to um, I want to make sure that I I place it properly. It, it's it's not should the Lakers go make a trade. Is can the front office make a trade? Can they make a significant trade, an impactful trade? And I think that's what's going to be a challenge. I'm I'm the first one in line. If the Lakers got a chance to go get Jeremy Grant, I'm the first one in line to say, wow, that would be fantastic. The problem is I think three, four other teams are saying, well, what can the Lakers offer? Uh, you know, what what can the Lakers offer you? We can offer you something better than that. I hope I'm wrong, but I would just assume that there's other teams out there that also think they're a Jeremy Grant away from – being in contention or getting out of the Eastern Conference or maybe going from a sixth seed in the Western Conference and now they they think they could be four or three. Dallas will make a push. I'm just using those as examples. Jeremy Grant's a good player. So I, I think, you know, part of that um, part of that falls. Would I love to have him on this team? Of course I would. But I think, you know, with that being said, I think it's going to be a challenge based on what are some of the assets that the Lakers have. Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, coming up next. If you guys want to be a part of the show, you can always call in at 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers Talk. Lakers back uh, in action, was it two straight nights off and then back in action tomorrow. Lakers taking on the Sacramento Kings. <clears throat> then they... Uh, We'll play the Denver Nuggets over the weekend on Saturday. I want to welcome in Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, taking some time here. Uh, Trev, thank you, bud. How how are you doing? Doing well, Alan. Thanks for thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing good. So halfway point of the season, I, I just spent a little bit of time on this. Let me actually do this. I, I had a caller just call in, and we were having the conversation about um, you know, he was making the case that the Lakers just don't have enough wing players, athletic wing players. A lot of their lineup and their roster, it's uh, it, it's obviously a ton of guards, and that's probably why Stanley Johnson is getting opportunities on this team. And he said that, what do you think about uh, a trade for Jeremy Grant? And I, and I, I went into this, and I, I'm sure you've spent a lot of time talking about this on Lakers Nation but I, I kind of went into it, it's not a for me. This is for me personally. That I think the issue with Jeremy Grant is how do you get him? You know, do you have enough assets to go out and compete against other teams that also think, hey, wait a minute, if we get Jeremy Grant, all of a sudden we feel like we're taking a step in the right direction in the East, or maybe we're a team that's middle of the pack in the Western Conference, and Jeremy Grant can take us to a fifth seed or a, whatever the case is. 
do you, do you think it's realistic in the sense that the Lakers have assets to go get an impactful player? And it, even if it's not Jeremy Grant, but just impactful players that can help this team based upon some of the assets that they have. I mean, I, I have dealt with that question quite a bit. I think it's realistic that they can get into the discussion. Do they have enough to get into the end zone, though, and actually get a deal done? I don't know. Realistically, when we're looking at the Lakers, their their trade package is what it is. It's Taylor Horton Tucker. It's Kendrick Nunn's salary. You know, it, it, we'll see how he plays when he comes back. And maybe the 2027 first, if you really want to go that far and add that in. That's, that's probably the best that they can put together in terms of a trade package. Some other teams can certainly come along and beat that offer, but will they? I mean, I think the Lakers can at least get in the discussion for a player like that, but you're right. Their, their assets are pretty limited overall, and I think that other teams, if they decide, hey, Jeremy Grant is the piece that we really want, they can probably offer more than what the Lakers can. I think he'd be a great get if you can get him. Uh, there's other names out there, too. Guys like Miles Turner have been out there on the, uh, on the trade front. And, uh, again, the Lakers just have that one package, really, though, because they don't have that many salaries that they can put together that makes sense to go get a guy of that caliber. We were, uh, Trevor, spending some time talking about the first half of the season and kind of assessing, okay, here's some of the good. LeBron's been playing really well. Uh, Carmelo was a little bit more of a surprise to me personally of his impact. Um, as of late, Malik Monk. And then, you know, I, I listed down a long list of, all right, well, this is what – gone wrong in the first half of the season as we start the second half of the season tomorrow um what what are the things that stand out to you the most if we're going to have a conversation in a few months that the lakers have a chance to go up against some of these elite teams in the western conference what what has to happen what has to change just give me a couple things that stand out to you as we start looking forward I mean, I think one of the big things is just consistency in terms of both style of play and player availability. They've had so many players for the first half of the season in and out of health and safety protocols, injuries, suspension, everything everything that can happen, you name it. And the Lakers have been dealing with that. They haven't had a consistent rotation or even starting lineup for the entire first half of the season. So you've got to get that. And then you've got to get a consistent identity. And that's something that I think they've just kind of figured out in terms of being more of a small ball team for a while there. They were trying to figure out exactly what their play style was going to be, how they were going to try to exploit certain matchups. Feels like they're pushing in the direction of, okay, we're going to play small. Anthony Davis, when he comes back, he's going to be a five. LeBron's going to be getting minutes at the five as well. And then you're going to sprinkle in Dwight Howard every now and then when the matchup requires it. And that's probably going to be your big man rotation. And then we'll, we'll go from there. So now I think they're starting to figure out the identity part. The question is for the second half of the season, can they get consistent minutes from all of their key players? Can guys stay healthy? Because that, in terms of building chemistry, is really, really important compared to a lot of the other top teams in the West. These are teams that have been playing with their starting five for months now. In fact, some of them go back to last year and even before that. And so for the Lakers, it's about playing catch-up in terms of chemistry. So you've got to have the availability. You have to have guys out there on the floor now that it feels like they've identified that play style that they're going to call their own. Trevor Lane uh, taking some time to join Lakers Talk, of course, a senior writer for Lakers Nation. Um, Trev, is this realistic or not? Is it is it realistic that when Anthony Davis comes back for the Lakers, um, realistic is probably not the right way to put it, do you – are you confident that when AD comes back, he's going to be AD again? Because I, I, I thought this year 
um, his impact was minimal. And I know the numbers were there. Don't I, I want to kind of properly say it. We have expectations for Anthony Davis that's not like other forwards, mm-hmm. other other um, players. I mean, he's obviously such an impactful player. And it wasn't too long ago the Lakers were winning a championship in Orlando. Can he get back to that? I mean, it, it, and is it is it going to take him getting back to that level to give the Lakers a realistic opportunity to be part of the conversation with some of these other teams? Um, I, I think he's got a lot to prove when he comes back. Hopefully his health is good. And we don't know if that's going to be in two weeks or in a month and a half. I mean, we, we still obviously don't know. I think next week would be the four-week window that they said that they'd reevaluate. But your your thoughts on AD when he does return? Yeah, I think that uh, the reevaluation date is indeed coming up here, and then we'll know more. But uh, but you're right, his impact hasn't quite matched up with what we see in terms of the numbers when we look at the box score. Uh, can he get to that level? And that's such a high bar, right? The Anthony Davis that we saw in the NBA Finals, that was an MVP, league MVP caliber player. That's how good he was. And so that's a very high bar to set, but he's yet to get back to that level. Can he get there? Coming off of an injury, that's certainly going to be tough. I do think the Lakers need him to get there if they're going to be able to get to where they want to go. We're talking about a deep playoff run, an NBA Finals run. You need that very, very, very top tier Anthony Davis if you're going to get there. So I don't know if he can get there or not. I think that especially coming off of this knee injury, it's probably going to take him a little bit of time to ramp back up, even if he gets a full bill of health. So I wouldn't expect him to come flying out of the gates whenever, if it's a week from now, if it's two weeks from now, whenever it is, I wouldn't expect him to come flying out of the gates and look like that destroyer of worlds, Anthony Davis. That was just a monster on the defensive end of the floor. Guy that was hitting all of the mid-range shots, even the threes. I wouldn't expect to see that guy right out of the gates, but hopefully by playoff time, you see him kind of ramp up to get at least a little bit closer to that because you're right. Overall, it's been a disappointing season for AD. We thought he was going to come back firing after a disappointing campaign last year that was marred with injury, and it just hasn't quite happened. So hopefully it does, but I think it's going to be some time before we see that guy again. Trev, final one for you, and as always, appreciate you uh, joining the show, bud. Um, Ten games left in the month of January. Eight of the ten games are going to be on the road. Uh, some matchups, you know, you're at Denver, which is always obviously a tough game. Utah's coming to town. Um, it looks like this upcoming Monday. You're at Miami. You're at Brooklyn. You're at Philly, at Charlotte, at Atlanta. There's some tough games on this. And I, I think, you know, I think it's a good example of what we saw against Lakers versus Memphis. Lakers went 4-0 against teams at Crypto.com Arena, went on a four-game winning streak, but none of those teams were above 500. Then they face Memphis, who, by the way, beat Golden State tonight. They've won 10 in a row. They've just been fantastic. What What do you think is realistic, a uh, realistic goal for the Lakers over these next 10 games, knowing that 8 of 10 of them are going to be on the road? I mean, I would think if you can – they've been essentially a 500 team through the first half of the season. If you can stay at 500 through these next 10, the then way, you're in pretty good shape because, yeah. we, like you said, there's a, lot, there's a lot of tough games there. But if you can stay at 500 – I think you're pretty happy coming out of these next 10 games. Trev, uh, always appreciate it, buddy. I know we'll uh, connect soon and uh, keep doing what you're doing over at Lakers Nation, and thanks for taking the time to join the show. No problem, Alan. Anytime, and thank you again for having me. All right, buddy. That's uh, Trevor Lane right there, Lakers Nation. Uh, Lakers Talk, by the way, is presented by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out. In about 15 minutes, visit SoCalOilChange.com. 
for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil change. Um, let, let's do this. As I want to spend some time, um, a couple NBA stories that I want to hit on when we come back. I want to talk about this upcoming schedule for the Lakers. How far are the Lakers from elite teams in the NBA and uh, we'll look at that schedule, like I mentioned, eight of the next ten on the road. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Lakers Talk is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal, voted best resort in Funner, California, from dining to unwinding. A trip to Funner, California is always a win. Are you game for a getaway? You could start planning your trip by visiting HarrisSoCal.com. Appreciate all the partners here. Harris, Valvoline, Stat Hero, um, always appreciate uh, their uh, – um, their interest in the show. Okay, so uh, Trevor Lane just joined, and we had a chance to talk a little bit. And um, I, I want to—how far are the Lakers from the elite teams in the NBA? And I, I bring that up because, you know, ESPN does their power rankings, and you know they do it on a weekly basis. And I always like looking at it. I'm always kind of curious. Ah, what do they got the Lakers? And listen, nobody's. Uh, banking on what the power rankings to say. We watch Lakers. We listen to Lakers on a night-in-night-out basis, and we determine, is this team heading in the right direction? Are they not heading in the right direction? Um, But I think one of the things that has been interesting for the Lakers, the the four-game winning streak that they went on, and there was two ways. This was before they played Memphis. I was telling Michael in the pregame show, I'm like, there's two ways to look at this Lakers team right now on this four-game winning streak. One, you could say, I don't care who they played. They don't They don't create the schedule. They won four in a row. So when you win four games in a row, uh, you, you take advantage of an opportunity on your schedule. And it's not like the Lakers have been going through teams like crazy anyways. You get every win that you could possibly get. But the four in a row were against four teams that were a combined 24 games under 500. 24 games under 500. And then... The one game of those five that they play against a team that is not only over 500, but we're walking with, we're walking in uh, having won eight games in a row, and we're 27 and 14 were the Memphis Grizzlies. What happened in that game? At one point, the Lakers were down 29, and Memphis hasn't slowed down because they played the Warriors tonight, and they beat the Warriors as well tonight. So their their win streak after they beat the Lakers was nine. They're up to ten games now. And, you know, if you look at the standings, they're uh, a half game behind the Utah Jazz for the number three spot in the Western Conference. Memphis is playing some great ball. But when I ask the question, how far are the Lakers from elite teams in the NBA, I think that tells a story that when – you, you need to beat up on the teams that are mediocre or below mediocre. You, you do, because right now, if the problem is you can't really beat up on any of these elite teams without Anthony Davis, then those are the only wins that you can get on your schedule. This is what the Lakers got coming up. Um, this is their schedule coming up. So eight of their next ten, as I mentioned to Trevor, are on the road. So tomorrow they got the Sacramento Kings. Very winnable game. Saturday, they got the Denver Nuggets. It's not that the Denver game is not winnable. It is. Um, you know, they've obviously, they've had players uh, in and out of the lineup as well. They've had injured players. But Denver is a really tough place to play for the Lakers. So, not just for the Lakers, for any team. And you know how the Nuggets fans will get up for LeBron and the Lakers and Carmelo and um, Russell Westbrook. Denver's 28-18. and 18, Lakers are 21-20. and 20. 
I would not be surprised if the Lakers obviously lose that game against Denver. I think I'd probably be more surprised if they came out with a W, if they went 2-0 and on this quick little road trip. After that, you got the Utah Jazz, who are um, you know third in the Western Conference. That game's at uh, in L.A. Indiana Pacers, that game's in L.A. And then you go on that six-game road trip to close out the rest of the month. You close out January on a six-game road trip at Orlando, at Miami. And, and just to kind of give some reference here, Orlando's awful. Miami's really good. They're 25 and 15. You're at Brooklyn. I don't need to say anything about Brooklyn. They're 25 and 14, second in the West. Kind of crazy how the Bulls have a three-game cushion in first place in the Eastern Conference. Then you're at Philly. They're seven games over 500. That's a tough game. Then you're at Charlotte. Charlotte is sitting three games above 500. And then the last one at Atlanta. Uh, we just played the Hawks. The five games below 500, but it's at Atlanta. This is going to be, you know, this is their Super Bowl. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but it isn't. A lot of times Lakers go on the East Coast and they only play these squads one time. Those fan bases come out. They're ready to go. And if they just get a win against the Lakers, they feel really good about themselves. So I set it up all that way because how far are the Lakers from beating elite teams? You don't have to wait very you don't have to wait very long. I mean, just let the month of January pass, and I think it will tell its own story. Now, all of this is with a grain of salt because you don't have Anthony Davis, and uh, and you know it's it's uh, it's not right not to mention that. Um, but of course, Anthony Davis is obviously such a key piece for the Lakers, and until he does come back, that's going to be an incredible challenge uh, to play 500 basketball. Because if you told me right now in January these final 10 games, the Lakers go five and five, I would sign up for that so quick. <laughs> I, I would be uh, I would be incredibly excited if they went five and five. And um, I don't know how realistic it is. I just know how much of a challenge that's going to be for the Lakers. Another kind of reality for the Lakers. They may very well just not have home court through the uh, home court have home court throughout the playoffs. So the chances now, uh, Memphis is twenty nine and fourteen. Lakers are twenty one and twenty. They're six games behind Memphis in the loss column, and Memphis also has the tiebreaker on the Lakers. So that's something to keep in mind. Maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't. I, I think it start. It starts. Uh, I think it does matter. By the way. But I, I think it starts kind of making last season very similar where – remember that conversation we used to have where we kept saying, just get in and just be healthy and just take your chances from there. Yeah, that might be exactly the position that the Lakers are in. I know we still got the entire second half of the season coming, but um, you know, unless Anthony Davis is a part of this roster on a night-in-night-out basis, it's going to be just tough to stack up Ws where tough to beat really good teams and – that's the position that the Lakers are in right now. Um, thank you again to everybody who called in the show. You sent tweets. Always appreciate it. If you miss any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, just search Lakers Talk. Catch the full hour every single week when we do it. Uh, thank you to Laura Romo, who's inside of the studio. Mario Ruiz, who was doing everything also in the background as well. Uh, LA, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers. Have a great rest of your night.